0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 17 of the Top Dog Talk podcast. I'm your host, Harris Reno, In this episode of the Top Dog Talk, is presented by Retro's by Paul. Retro's by Paul is an Atlanta-based business which offers a large selection of unique, antique, modernized architectural and jewelry. Thank you, Retro's by Paul, for supporting the Top Dog Talk. What a weekend, everyone. Welcome into the Top Dog Talk podcast. I'm your host, Harris Reno. We got two special guests here today to talk a little bit. UGA, Mississippi State, this past weekend as the dogs got one over on the Bulldogs of Mississippi State from Starksville. I was very impressed with that performance. Although, I will say uh, JT Daniels, the new starting quarterback for Georgia, impressed me the most and made me, you know, I, I came away from it a little disappointed. Um, the fact that we gave up 24 points, not something you want to see when you're playing a team uh, that, like Mississippi State uh, in their situation, obviously. I, I'm going to call it a skeleton crew just because they only had 49 scholarship players and most of those players were on defense. They have multiple players opt out during the season and before the season. A little disappointing performance from the defense. I wasn't too impressed with the scheme and game plan of the Georgia defense. I would like to see that improve. Obviously, a lot of players are hurt and were out for that game. But I like I, I still expect a lot from this defense, considering the fact that we hyped them up pretty much all offseason. And, you know, moving on, I think, like I said, right, right when I began, it, it was JT Daniels. This was the JT Daniels, Jermaine Burton, George Pick and show on offense. They did a tremendous job. You know, the Georgia ring game wasn't there, but the Georgia pass game was something we didn't think we would be saying just a few weeks ago. (laughs) Joining us here today to kick off the show, we have Wyatt Feldin, our recruiting contributor for Top Dog Vlogs. Wyatt, thank you for joining us here today on the Top Dog Talk.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: No problem, man. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm going to come out and say right off the bat, it was an ugly win. That is my opinion. And am I in the minority for thinking it was an ugly win for Georgia? Why that mute button? I know. My bad. (laughs) All right. Cut that. Um, Ask that question again when we restart. All right. Am I in the minority for calling it an ugly win?
1: No. Um, and you have, in fact, an opinion of that. Of course, everyone does. I don't – now, don't get me wrong. The defense didn't play well in the first Look at it in the second half. They really stepped up when they needed to. So, I was very pleased, actually, with J.D. Daniels as well and Jermaine Burton and the connections. With eight different receivers from Daniels, and him spreading the ball, no run game for eight yards. I know that. I know. I know people are gonna look at that, but I think this is what we need to take as a positive. Um, the run game is gonna get back together this weekend, and I believe that in a good way. Um, and with J T. Daniels in the as quarterback, I believe we can have a balance of a throw and a, and a run. So, and that will. I think if we balance it out and use some of the clock this weekend and give the defense some rest, I think we can have a good weekend this weekend.
0: And obviously, you've taken a a little look ahead to South Carolina this weekend. Obviously, uh, we will be talking a little bit about that later on in the show. But yeah, like you said, the run game struggled. Only eight yards uh, in the run game this past weekend against Mississippi State. And I thought, you know, we knew going in, we talked about it, Mississippi State had a big uh, defensive line. We knew that. But we didn't know that they were going to go in there with 49 scholarship players. And most of their D-line, some of those starters played the whole game. And Georgia just wasn't able to tie them out. And I think that's, you know, obviously the run game just wasn't there. Zeus ran for 21 yards on 11 carries, averaged 1.9 yards per carry. Not very good. He had a long of 10 yards, which was on an outside zone run. You know, which, which doesn't mean much because of the fact that we only had eight yards total. And that includes negative 21 yards off sacks from, by, uh, from JT Daniels. Uh, you know, wasn't a good performance in the run game. And I think defensively, they played a little too conservative. I, I wasn't happy with the fact. It, it was it was a little boring to watch on defense just because we were sitting back in zone coverage, giving them everything up in front and, you know, letting them uh, dink and dunk all the way down the field. You know, I think that's that's a product of the game plan for Saturday. Uh, And I think they, I I don't think we're as bad as, you know, the the sat line looks. You know, they had over 300 total yards of offense for Mississippi State, which was, I would consider it probably their best all-around offensive performance, uh, second to only LSU uh, in week one. So, you know, Georgia has a lot of cleaning up to do. I thought JT Daniels played really well, considering the fact this was his first game back in over 14 months 28 to 38, 401 yards, and four touchdowns. Average 10.6 yards per completion. Not a bad day for JT Daniels. And he has set the bar high uh, for the rest of this year and what looks to be the rest of his career in the red and black. White, well, I want to get your thoughts on the win and give me some positives and some negatives that you took away from this game.
1: All right, let's start with negatives. Offensive line struggled. I believe you've seen different personnel this weekend. Kirby's alluded to you. D- you might see um, Justin Schaefer opt out, and it will will start um, rotating like we usually did last year. And I can see Ben Cleveland coming out for somebody. And I think I think you're good with the left tackle, center, and right tackle. But the left guard and right guard is like um, what's Kinley offensive line. Second negative, I would say that can concern me for this weekend would be. What's the expectation for JT Daniels this weekend? Is it too high? Um, I bet they'll talk about it on college game day. Man, JT Daniels set up a first-round draft pick order this, this upcoming year, but let's narrow it down and see what he can do this weekend. I hope we don't have a lot of expectations like dog fans are. Um, that could be a big, you know, no-no going into this game because um, you don't want a lot of momentum going into this game because I know it's at night, South Carolina at South Carolina. Those fans are wild, and they love taking advantage of the you know undefeated or a team that's ninth right now. They would love to destroy our season this year. So, number three would be hmm, how can the defense bounce back um, after a tough outing with letting up like those easy passes? But that's what you do when the zone you let up, and then you crunched feel when you get in the red zone, but you know, South is going to go vertical this weekend. With Connor Shaw being a quarterback coach now, I think he'll open up the playbook like my Bobo, Mike Bobo will. So them being on the same page is kind of dangerous, in my opinion. So, you know, that that can be very um, nervous racking. And a, and a positive note, I would say that the wide receivers love JT Daniels and we can get the offense um, game running. And we can just go from that and take off like a rocket ship and just keep going and keep going and keep going down the field. That would be fun to watch and get the running game going. I believe it bounced back and I think we can score a lot of points now. But um, second line stopped us last year, so we have to prove to them, prove in the first couple of series that we can move the ball against them. So a lot of things I just said, but the whole the whole takeaway from this segment is what Expectations do we have this weekend? And we shouldn't come in with heads high. And I don't think Kirby is. Uh, Sacramento destroyed us last year and they're looking to do it again. And it's a very dangerous game. I feel like it's a trap game, this one or Missouri. I feel more worried about this game. I know there's not a lot of mush jam, but Sacramento is looking for a positive man. And it, they would love a win against Georgia because um, they're not playing clubs this week and we're not playing against Tech. So this would be. The biggest game for them this year, I feel, it's like their Super Bowl. So, and they're going to come with heads heads high. So,
0: you know, I think uh, South Carolina, obviously, you know, they're, they're, every year they're they're a threat, no matter what their win loss record is. You know, it's always like you said, a trap game, no matter who you know who's better or who's worse they can always get the better hand, um, get the upper hand. And I think we saw that this week with Mississippi State. You know, we, we kept them close, uh, a little too close in my for my comfort. Um, in my opinion, I, I didn't want to see us go out there and, and play a one-score game with Mississippi State. I thought we were going to win by 10 to 14 points, and we didn't do that. I think the the scheme on defense was was soft. It was conservative. I was surprised that Georgia played like that. You know, we knew the formula going into this game. We talked about it, dropping eight in coverage and making them make throws downfield. But my thing is, when you have a freshman quarterback in like Mississippi State did, you want to force him to throw the ball downfield and th- force him to make it, um, you know, really good plays down in coverage, uh, you know, against the Georgia secondary, who's been, you know, primarily pretty good. Uh, one of the best units in the SEC, but they have not played like it in the last few weeks. I think we've struggled against the pass. We've got to find an answer for that. You know, it looks like the play call made it look like they don't have confidence in the secondary since Bristol Count went down. That's my opinion. That's what my takeaway is. You know, the big positive for me was we found a passing game. and We were able to win without the run game. You know, in years past, we wouldn't have won this game. Uh, that, that's just a fact. You know, we wouldn't have had the passing game that we had this year. You know, the run game was kind of limited against South Carolina last year. And, you know, Jake Fromm brought us back. The offense got got it together late in the game. You know, tied it, sent us to overtime. But in the end, we couldn't get it going, and you know, the one time we asked, uh, you know, Rodrigo Blankenship uh, to, to to bail us out one more time, you know, he, he just pulled it wide left, uh, and that's nothing against him. He it looks like he's having a heck of a start of a, a career in the NFL as a rookie. So, you know, Georgia, Georgia has to find something out this week. We'll talk about that later. Obviously, you know why I don't want to talk to you about this uh, before we transition to everything else. You know, what did Tom Munkin do differently to contribute to this offensive output? <laughs> This past week. I'll hold it down? Great question. I don't think Tom Munga did
1: anything different. I think he went into pistol. And he made JT comfortable. So you saw first, like, couple passes, like, short passes. And I told you all last week that he would do it. Um, short passes would open up the big passing plays down the field. I'm going to keep this very short because it's, like, there's not much – Difference of what you saw against Auburn or Tennessee—it's the same place. and it's—but when you have a quarterback back back there, it looks different. But it's not different because it's the same game. It's the same game plan, same game book. Um, the same place. But when you execute the place, it looks totally different, right? And that's what you see when you have a quarterback like Florida. Like, let me give you an example like Kyle contrast. If if the receivers didn't catch after the yards per carry or yards after catch. It would look totally different, right? So with the playmakers, when you get the playmakers involved and you have a quarterback back there, it looks totally different. But truth to the bottom wire is it's not different because it's the same place. Like, you just don't go into a um, next game. You're like, oh, we're going to change the game, book now, game plan. No, we, we're we going to make it easier for the quarterback, and we're going to do what place he loves, and we're going to go from there and see what we can do, and and um, they played a lot of cover zero, a lot of blitzes, and packed the box, so JT just threw it over their heads, and that's what they did, and that's what opened them the game plan, so that's that's my takeaway.
0: You know, and I thought the big difference was, like you said, execution. We talk about it every week, assignment, alignment, execution. You know, Brooks Austin called us out for our coach speak there when we talked about it, but uh, Georgia looked good this week. I want to see him come back on offense and and really dominate. You know, I need them to dominate this week against South Carolina. I think Georgia plays well against South Carolina. It just depends on how we execute. And shout out to SEC StatCat on Twitter. Found them this past week. They've been breaking down the stats uh, for, uh, I think, a year now. And they talked about uh, how Daniels has executed this week. You know, here's the tweet. uh, Quote – start we're going to quote them here Daniel's might not have been money on each deep ball but he has gave his he gave his guys a stab at it only one out of nine was uncatchable that is 11.1% which is substantially better than Stetson Bennett and Mathis's year long clips I think he executed the deep ball and that really gave us some explosive plays you know we saw him early hooking up on some of these short um short core routes uh 5 to 10 yard car routes to George Pickens and George took him for 20 yards you know, Georgia did a really good job Saturday, first game back in a few weeks. I thought we executed well out of the gate. Great game plan. Like you said, it wasn't anything different. It was just execution was there, and Munkin built the scheme to fit the players and personnel that we had. You know, one of those examples of that that Brooks awesome pointed out, those pistol formations, that was not in the playbook. We didn't run that a lot, you know, in the in, in the weeks uh, leading up to this game. That was Todd Munkin adapting to what his quarterback likes and what he's comfortable with. At, at USC, they ran a lot of pistol. They they ran the ball out of it. They passed the ball out of it. A lot of play action out of it. And Todd Munkin took some of that into his game plan this week and executed it. And I thought JT Daniels looked good. You know, what went wrong in the run game this week? That's something that's very interesting that, from what I've seen, isn't talked about much in the media right now. So I'm going to touch on it because it looks like they're talking – Well. Excuse me, I, I got my words mixed up. They're talking a lot about it, but it doesn't seem like there's too many solutions to what was going wrong in the run game from this past week. So what did you see going wrong in the run game? I think one of the things that stood out to me is Mississippi State kind of did well of you know their big linemen. They, they kind of they disguised some of their blitz packages. I, I thought they did a really good job of that. Uh, you know, Aaron Brule, I think is how we say his name, a former Georgia commit. did a really good job off the blitz. I thought JT, did a tremendous job dodging and evading the pressure um, and getting that pass away, I think it was to George, that play, that tremendous dot that he, you know, just dropped right in George's hands. And George couldn't come down with the catch in the end zone. What do you see going wrong in the run game? And where does Georgia improve?
1: Great question. Another, another great question. I mean, let's talk about it. So when Georgia was running in the beginning, you were you were getting plays after it um you were but I think what what changed was the stunt and the dives at their feet and being quick off the ball and Trey Hill got eaten up Justin Schaefer got eaten up and Cleveland got eaten up because Mississippi State's an athletic team and I think coming out of the game Mississippi State was 25th in the country in rush defense so and they gave out two touchdowns in the as a rushing touchdown so it's not a foreign language that Georgia can't run because if someone's good at taking away the run, then that's what they're going to do, and that's their game plan. But all they had to do was take away the pass, and that's what they wanted them to do is pass it. Now, that's what they did. They took away the run game, and they were going to win if Georgia didn't pass enough yards or pass touchdowns. So give JT more credit to that. But I give totally credit to Mississippi State's defense. Um, that's nothing to take away from it, really, to be honest with you. No excuses. You have to execute and block better. I mean, it's. I mean, there's holes in the in the line, and you're just shooting the gap, and there it goes two or three yards lost. Uh, you can see it on film the next day. I mean, it's so obvious. So, it's things. Now, those are easy things to fix, though. So this weekend we fix it, but um, last year we had a problem running the ball. So I'm very concerned about it this weekend as well.
0: You know, I, I watched uh, the tape back. You know, our friend Brooks Austin always says, "Grind the tape." You got to shut up and grind the tape, and that's something I did this week. And I, I really, it was a, it was three. It took me three hours to watch the whole game again, and that game was only from what I watched. It was only two hours and like thirty minutes. Um, you know, really, just going back and, and rewinding every play and just looking at, you know, where what what, what mistakes were made. And I thought, uh, just from my opinion, the interior um, of line did not play well. Um, I, I think that that contributed to it. I think we were kind of late when we were pulling guys. Uh, something that we've seen a lot this year. You know, when when we pull people um, in in the run game to go make blocks, they haven't always got there on time, and it's kind of hurt us. But you know, we haven't been able to hold our blocks, and that that's something I saw Saturday. And it looked like this Mississippi State defensive line gave us a big fight. So credit to them on that, and you know, a lot of credit to them because they brought forty nine scholarship players. The limit was fifty three. They said, "Screw that." I'm going to come down to Athens and let's try and upset the dogs. And they almost dang near did it. So credit to them. You know, we talk about how Georgia may not have executed in the run game, but you got to give credit to these guys. They did a really good job in the run game. And and that's something that I'm worried about, um, you know, down the line is if we can't run the ball, then we're asking JT Daniels, who was 14 months removed from a torn ACL, to make our plays, you know, to make those passes downfield each and every week. And, you know, there's not a lot of film on him uh, other than this past week so defenses are going to start getting more film on him uh, for next season, depending on whether or not he comes back, which leads me into my next segment. You know, I saw an article today from CBS. It was a mock draft. They had JT Daniels going in the first round of the Chicago Bears. Why? from what you saw Saturday, do you think JT Daniels, if he continues to play like that, does he leave uh, for the NFL draft?
1: <laughs> no. Um, that's a joke. I mean that's that's totally like, you know. But I mean I totally respect um, reporters. Um, Chicago wouldn't be bad. Chicago already has a quarterback. Um, but I mean to your question, no, I don't see him leaving, unless he puts twelve hundred yards and twelve touchdowns and no interceptions or something like really crazy. I could see him going, and that's what our Questions were in the beginning of the season. If he had a great season, would he leave? Yes, he would. Um, But with four games, I don't think he's going to leave. But, you know, this is my hot take for later, but we're going to address it now if we don't get to it. You know, Georgia's ranked ninth in the college football playoff. It will be – I'm going to make Florida people really mad. um, But, you know, us Georgia fans and us South Carolina fans would love to hear this. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about it. So, Georgia – is ninth right? Florida is sixth. Cincinnati, Northwestern's in front. Northwestern's probably going to lose to Ohio State. Georgia moves up. We continue to win. Then if Cincinnati loses to UCF, which I can see in the and when they play the conference championship, and I think UCF will win that game. Um. So and then Georgia's seventh. Bama beats a Tar off of Florida, that pushes them back even further. Georgia jumps Florida. And Georgia has a better bowl game, and what was sweet revenge would be is Georgia have a better bowl game than Florida, and we still lost to them this year. That would suck up, and they would cry there about I actually talked to a Florida fan today. This se- They said this season doesn't count anymore, after they saw the rankings last night. So, I'm
0: going to end with that. to make all laugh. You know, and we will touch on the college football plows because you brought it up. And so, you know, you... you, you you texted me last night. You said um, you, you you had some things to say about that, and I'm assuming that's what that was, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was.
1: Yeah,
0: was okay, exactly. So, was. Yeah, so, you know, the college football, I, from, from what I saw, you know, one of the people I saw, Joel Klatt, um, came out on Twitter and talked about it, how Georgia doesn't deserve to be ranked ninth. To be honest with you, I didn't think they deserve to be ranked 10th uh, in the top 10 after last week's performance. You know, we're a two-loss team, and I I, I get it. You know, we played – our only two losses have been the top six teams. You know, you lose to the number one team in the country. Oh, boo-hoo, you're going to cry about it? No, not really. It's Alabama. You know, that's that's expected. You lose to Florida, who's number six right now. You know, if if people and fans want to make fun of Georgia – and analysts want to make fun of Georgia for losing to two top six teams, go ahead. You're going to make yourself look like a clown over it. So, you know, I'm not going to hurt my my uh, reputation over, uh, you know, a two-loss team who's lost to two top six teams for being ranked ninth. I'm not going to put my reputation on the line for that. I, I don't see the big um, – I, I can understand why they're upset about that. But at the end of the day, Georgia's done a really good job this season bouncing back from – well, I want to say a really good job. They've done a decent job at bouncing back from those two losses, I think, uh, obviously, I think we'll get revenge on Florida next year in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I just don't see Florida has the pieces to beat us again next year. You know, losing Kyle Trask is going to be like losing, you know, their Tim Tebow. They're they're going to have a rough time trying to replace him. I'm really interested to see how they uh, finish out their season. And, you know, let, let, let's move on. We got a big game this week. Obviously, we will be playing South Carolina. And joining us today on the Top Dog Talk podcast is the first – person that will bring us the other side of the argument, the other side of the debate. We've always talked about our opponents, you know, week to week. We've always previewed it Wednesday to Wednesday. We always, you know, we talked about Alabama. We talked about Arkansas. We talked about everyone. We talked about all in the weeks leading up to those games. Today, we welcome on Leverett Owens, who is a South Carolina fan and will be bringing us the other side of the argument today for me and Wyatt. Mr. Lev, thank you for joining us here today on the Top Talk Talk podcast. Mr. up the mute button. You there? Yes, we are. Welcome into the Top Dog Talk, Talk Podcast. Thank you,
2: Harrison. I appreciate you having me today and uh allowing me to hang out with you and Wyatt, two two big bulldogs. Um just uh you know it's um yes uh I have a lot of respect uh for the work that you're doing and, and you're doing a great job and uh and I again appreciate you having me on today. Um give you a little insight for uh from the the gamecock side of things um but uh but yeah uh it's uh it's been a uh kind of disappointing year for us uh i know georgia's at six and two we're we're the exact opposite at two and six uh so not quite where we want to be um but uh you know we've um, made some changes, um, as you as you guys know, you're you plugged in with um, your Georgia alumni. Uh, Will Muschamp was the head coach for us, and and he was uh, let go in the last week, and um, and it's just kind of um, been a a sad sad week for us uh, with him leaving. I think the majority of the fans wanted him to do well. Uh, didn't work out. Um, so we've, uh, moved on. So here's the exciting part. You know, uh, another Georgia grad is, is the interim head coach for us now, uh, with Mike Bobo. Um, we're excited, uh, to have him finish the season out for us and, and see where things, things go. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where we are. Um, uh, with the season today, uh, last week we played Missouri, um, which was a, a tough game, uh, for us. Uh, we came up short, um, we, uh, Colin Hill, which has been the starting quarterback for us, uh, for the whole season. Um, and he, you know, he, he's Colin Hill. He, he does well in a lot of areas. Um, he, he's not terrible, but, uh, but with everything going on, we just need a little change. Um. We lost our starting uh, wide receiver, or I guess our top producer at wide receiver, in Shy Smith. I think he's questionable for this week. Uh, he went out um, right there early in the, in the first quarter, and um, and that just led us to to struggle uh, with our passing game. and um, And uh, Colin Hill uh, again is is a a good quarterback, but, uh, he's not a very mobile quarterback, and, um, and so we, we kind of changed it up in the second half, and, um, got a little momentum, and, um, it was a little bright spot for us, um, again, we, we fell short, but, uh, we saw a lot of good things, and, and, uh, the true freshman Luke Doty, uh, which is more of a dual, you know, dual threat quarterback, um, but, um, but anyway, that's, that's kind of where we are, um, but, you know, um, for the Missouri game. And, and certainly looking forward to, to this week. This is always a big week for us. Uh, probably a bigger game for us than Georgia. Um, just the location of the schools. Um, we have a lot of a lot of players, a lot of great players that have come out of the state of Georgia um, and uh, and play for us. So it's always a big game for those guys. But um, But our season usually... Is, uh, is, is kind of, flux, you know, it kind of goes. If we, if we have a big game against Georgia and, and pull out a victory, uh, we usually have a good season. Um, this year we're playing a little bit later than we normally do. It's usually early in the season. And, um, um, but uh, we're still excited. It's, it's a couple of games left, and, um, and it's always a big game for us. Like uh, Wyatt said, this is kind of like our Super Bowl. This is our bowl game. Um, for these kids, uh, we've got some younger kids playing. We've had some guys opt out after uh, Muschamp was let go. Um, not a big fan of midseason firings, but uh, but I think the way things played out over the last three ball games um, prior to the Missouri game, it was it was probably time to to, to try to fix things and, um, and that that you know certainly uh, resulted in uh, Muschamp being let go. And um, so, anyway, um, thanks for
0: having me on. No problem. Obviously, you know, we're a little excited to just see this game. Me personally, I compared this to white last week, I believe. You know, I'm, I've kind of always wanted to see the Bulldogs take on the Gamecocks on Thanksgiving weekend. You know, this is going to be a really good weekend. And I forgot to mention that off the top of the show. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody here who is listening to the Top Dog Talk, Talk podcast. Uh, something I had in my notes that I did not get to. So we got to it now. But obviously, it's the Gamecocks versus the Dogs this weekend on Thanksgiving. I'm excited for it. William Bryce Stadium's always a nice stadium. One of the loudest in the country that Georgia plays in all year. You know, it's going to be an interesting game. I think uh, both programs are at a state where they're trying to find their footing. You know, Georgia's come off, uh, you know, Georgia's coming into this game with two losses. Y'all are coming into it with six losses, you know, different states of the program at this point. But obviously, like you said, A coaching search is in full effect right now for South Carolina and those Gamecock fans. I'm sure there's a lot of optimism right now in the fan base. So let's just kick it off with that. You know, what what you know? Let's get off with that. What are you seeing in this coaching search? And and who's your guy? I've seen names like Billy Napier thrown out there, Shane Beamer. You know, who's your guy? And who would you like to see come in to the South Carolina program and try and build this program back up to where it was at the height? uh, the Lou Holt, that de- Lou Holt stays and the Steve Spurrier days. Um, yeah, you're
2: right. It's, uh, all the names that you mentioned are, are fine candidates. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd be disappointed in, and, um, uh, in Napier or, or Shane Beamer. Um, they're all fine coaches. Uh, the, uh, you know, my ultimate, uh, pick would be an urban Meyer, uh, but um not sure how realistic that uh is um but uh, i would certainly uh say that he he's my number one pick uh if i had to choose to turn around a program um and that's who who's out there that's available um he he would certainly be one of them um but yeah the the napier is a uh certainly a, a a good coach he's he's got some south carolina ties um played at furman and um He's coached uh, at Clemson, and and uh, so he he he's done a good job. Um, Shane Beamer, he knows the ropes. He was at South Carolina and coached under Spurrier uh, for a while, and um, and you know he he had a lot of success while he was there. I think he liked you know the Columbia area, he liked the university. Um, so there's some connection there that he um, he would be a good choice. Um, they've also mentioned the the Coastal Carolina. Coach Chadwell, uh, he, he's he been successful on some of the stops that he's been to, and he's been in the state for a while. He was at Charleston Southern, and, and um, now he's at Coastal Carolina, uh, which they just had a big victory over Appalachian State um, this past weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're looking, you know, probably a little change in philosophy. We've had Muschamp for the last uh, five years, um, and um, he he's more – Defensive-minded, which uh, which is is good, but uh, I think things have kind of trended um, towards the offense. I don't know if it was just you know this year for the SEC, it's traditionally been you know a defensive-type conference, but uh, but things have started trending more towards the offensive side. Um, I think uh, the fans get excited when they see a good offense, a lot of points scored, um, and I I think that's the direction um you know we're we're gonna be headed in um you know uh and um, th- you know there's some other names that have popped up uh Hugh Freeze was probably one of the, the hot ones early on. Um not sure where that is. I don't think it's you know out of there. Um, um but uh you know there's been um some talk that he, he may be waiting for see what else is coming open or, uh, you know, maybe just not the right fit for our program. But, um, but, uh, you know, we're going to get it right. We're going to, uh, get it fixed. The fans deserve, um, you know, a good coach and, and somebody to, to take this program. I don't think it was all loss, uh, for the years that Muschamp was in Columbia. Everybody liked him. Um, I think he's a good guy. He did a lot of good things, uh, and he and he and he does a lot of things right you know he, he's um um likable the players like him um the um fans wanted him to do well it just didn't work out but uh um you know we're we're excited with the search and uh are we're, we're excited about this weekend um and uh you know I don't know if um you know things work out you know bobo's hat is in the in the ring there for a possible uh, shot at it, but um, but you know there's there's some other names out there that uh, are floating around that um, certainly would be good choices for us.
0: I think out of the candidates I've seen, I you know obviously with him being a, a Georgia alum, I'd like to see Bobo get another job. I think Bobo has tremendous potential as a head coach. I think he made a mistake of leaving the SEC and going. Yeah, you know, Colorado State, you know, he has no ties up there um, from my recollection. I just think he made a mistake going there. So I would like him to stay in the SEC and, you know, maybe get another shot at a head coaching job, you know, down the road. I thought South Carolina would be a, a pretty good job for him. But, you know, the thing is, and this is what I heard, is you don't go to be a coordinator at a place where you want to eventually become a head coach. And apparently from what I heard, Nick Saban told Kirby that. When Kirby was offered the defensive coordinator job, years ago under Mark Rick, um, he said, Nick told him, you know, if you go there, you'll never become the head coach of Georgia. Uh, It might take a few more years than you would want it to. And I think that's the best advice that Nick Saban ever gave Kirby Smart. You don't go to a place where you want to become a head coach one day. You don't go to be a coordinator there. And You know, maybe Bobo was hoping that he could go help out his friend uh, Will Muschamp and kind of turn around that program, get their offense going, and then maybe Bobo would have a job opportunity somewhere else. You know, obviously, I'm I'm really excited for him, and I think this is going to be a good matchup. Kirby versus Bobo, something we've never had. And also, this is going to be, excuse me, this will be the first chance we see Bobo back against the Dogs um, since he's left us as the offensive coordinator just years ago. So let's move right on into it. You know, obviously, if you had to give us a scouting report, who should the Dogs be looking for? You've already mentioned names like Shai Smith, obviously being one of those, you know, dynamic receivers. I I watched tape of him. You know, you can line up in the slot, line up outside. It does a really good job and gives opponents a lot of problems. What is your scouting report on? Your Gamecocks this weekend?
2: Yeah, obviously, if uh, Shai Smith's able to go, he's 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 the one to look out for as as far as the wide receiver position. Um, you know, we we talked about Colin Hill. Um, you know, he he does a a good job. Um, but then uh, the second half of the Missouri game, Bobo decided to, to change it up a little bit, and a lot of it was because. Um, you know, Sha Smith was out, and, and we really don't have that second go-to wide receiver. Um, but uh, we had some guys step up in the second half. Um, we had Nick Muse, to tight end. He he made some big catches. Um, um, Adkins, uh, Leggett, um, Van. Some of those guys uh, need to step it up on the in the wide receiver area. Um, obviously, Luke Doty came in and ran the offense in the second half. Um, and he proved, uh, that, you know, he was ready to play and, um, in hindsight, you know, probably should have had him playing, you know, before last week. Um, but, you know, coaches have their reasons. Um, but, uh, he, he, he's a, he's a mobile quarterback and he, and he was able to, uh, extend plays with his legs. Um, he reminded a lot of, a lot of us reminded me of, um, we talked about Connor Shaw, which was a, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play at South Carolina. He's a Georgia boy, um, and uh, and he's and he's been promoted to uh, quarterbacks coach, um, and so he's helping Bobo with that. And um, and his style was, if if you know and remember Connor Shaw, um, he he was a mobile quarterback, and um, you know he he could throw the ball, but he he could also. Uh, tuck it and run and and get the yardage needed to to ex- extend the drives and and that's um something that a lot of times people overlook you know three and outs three and outs uh, you know it not only hurts your opportunity to score on the offensive side but it, it also wear your defense out and um and quarterbacks like luke and and, and connor i think is a big mentor uh for him because uh, he's been there and done that and and um, so I, I think that's a, a great fit uh, for Shaw to be able to step up and, and help Coach Doty. Um, and, um, and I'm excited. It, it's bringing back some excitement um, for a season that's, like we talked about, it was, it's been disappointing when you're 2-6. and six, That's not where you want to be. But, um, you know, the reality is we're playing all-SEC schedule this year. Um, at the beginning of the year, the experts predicted – Three to four wins, uh, so you know we're not too far off of that mark. I, I felt like last week we let one slip away, um, but it was a it was a crazy week for us. We we had some changes going on, and, and some of the players that uh, that uh, that you guys remember last year that uh, had a big game at the at the U.S. you know South Carolina Georgia game uh, have opted out uh, and aren't playing this this uh, since. Champ was let go. And there's different reasons. It's not solely because they were upset with the the uh firing of Muschamp, but I think that um they all liked him and looked up to him. So it, it probably had some something to do with it. But um but back to uh, some other players to look out for. Uh we've got a running back. Um he's uh Kevin Harris. He's uh he's been a big, big, big uh, producer for us at the running back position, and uh, he's on he's on schedule to to probably uh, if he has a big game against Georgia could could hit the thousand yard mark, and uh, that's always a, a big benchmark for running backs to to get that and um, and and to think about that we're only having a ten game season uh, that makes it even more special in my eyes because uh, you know that's 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 a good. That's a good goal to to meet. And uh, so he's been a bright spot. Um, Fenwick, the other running back, to help you know give him a breather, uh, give Harris a breather. Uh, he he's been pretty solid as a backup, and um, and he's carrying some weight there. Um, again, uh, on the defensive side, I think that if you uh, have our you know linebacker in Ernest Jones. He he's somebody um when you're on offense that you need to you keep your eyes on. Um and uh a couple other guys with uh um, the de on the defensive line. Kier Thomas had a big game. Um he's been coming on pretty strong and several of the other guys uh, you know they've 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 stepped up. But uh last week it was it was it was one of those weird weeks with some of the guys opting out. We we were playing a lot of younger guys. Um they seemed to Have stepped up. I don't know. Bobo, you know, has talked to them and and they've really come together, you know, as a a team. And I think that's a big part of college football is playing as a team. You may not always uh, have the the best athletes, but if you can on a given Saturday play together and and, uh, lay it all out there, you know, sometimes good things happen. And uh, and that's what I'm hoping for uh, this weekend is that we can – pull something together like we did last year Uh, you know georgia has a great team great program uh there's no reason why um you guys should have lost to us and then you know some breaks here and there you you win that last year um we we kind of need that to to happen for us again need some help from the georgia side um to to help us you know come out on the on the top end this weekend. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I know you guys uh, are excited. Um, it's always a big game for us and, uh, and looking forward to another big game this, this weekend,
0: you know, and you brought up some really good players there and I've, I've watched this game. I've, I've watched South Carolina uh, over the past week and see what they got. And you mentioned a guy that I'm really high on after, after watching him for a little bit, Kevin Harris and, and why uh, I don't know if you know too much about him. Uh, but he's uh he is from he is a georgia kid Hinesville georgia went to the bradwell Institute for high school he's five eleven two hundred twenty nine pounds he's a power back and not only that he runs low to the ground and i i really like him he can bowl you over he can make you miss uh why have you do you have you had the chance to look up kevin uh kevin harrison uh, you know if you have what are your thoughts on kevin harris i i thought he was a pretty good back
1: max doesn't have um a talent problem. I don't think um, South Carolina has really has talented uh, wideouts, uh, running backs. To your point, Kevin Harris is a beast. Um, you also have a running back that won't play this year, but you also have like a running back like him in the in next year. And I think South is building something there, man. And I don't know what's missing. Um, that might be, you know, a question that we answer down the road. But you know. Sacramento doesn't have a talent problem. I don't think they really do. I think they just need coaching and execution and I believe when you get that you can do a lot with it because Steve Spreer didn't have like really really talented players but he made them better. So he coached them up. So he didn't get like the high like I know he got like Clowney, Jeffrey. I know he got Connor Shaw, I know he got like really talented kids but he really developed him- these kids. Yeah. Huh? He really developed those kids is what you're trying to say, right? That's what my point is. Like, they know how to develop. So, I think when everyone when Sacramento gets a head coach and they can develop these kids, I think Sacramento's going to be a problem in the East. I really do. They could be a third team in the East if they really figure out how to develop players. I don't think they have a really good talent. I don't – I think they have more talent than Tennessee in my opinion. Um, but they just need the coaching in my opinion.
0: And I think Kevin Harris is, you know, Mr. Uh, Lev talked about how, you know, we take they take some guys out of Georgia, and Kevin Harris is a guy right here, Hinesville, Georgia. He's a three-star running back. You know, someone that was probably overlooked by Georgia um, in that 2018 class. Well, uh, 2019 class. You know, he's probably overlooked by Georgia uh, because we did have some really good backs. But he's turned out to be really good for y'all. I think he is on pace to hit 100 yards, and, and something that scares me, something I'm looking for in the game plan this week, uh, I, I suspect... You know, y'all y'all leaned on the outside zone run, outside zone run game a lot last week against Missouri. Y'all ran it pretty effectively, you know. So I, I think the run game could scare us a little bit without Jordan Davis in the middle. Our run game has kind of our, our run defense has deteriorated a little bit, has dropped down a level. You know, I'm interested to see how they do. Georgia struggled against running backs that can get to the edge. And beat our defenders to the edge. We struggle to make tackles out there. We haven't always executed um, when a running back is to the edge. So I'm I'm excited to see how Georgia plays. Kevin Harris. I think he's a really good back. And just another just another you know example of what Left said. You know they take people out of Georgia all the time. And then another guy you mentioned, Ernest Johnson. He's from Waycross, Georgia. Went to Way County High, Ware County High School. Another three star that's developed. He was a part of the 2018 class. He's developed. He's an all-around tackler for y'all. He stops y'all on the. He helps y'all in the run game. Helps y'all in the pass. I really like Ernest Johnson. You know, another guy that was probably overlooked by Georgia. You know, he's a junior. Uh, did a lot of good things against Tennessee. I, I think he's a volume tackler. Um, in my opinion, he's your leading tackler with 85. He has a sack, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Recovery. And then one more guy that I want to bring up, Kingsley, uh, in Nogbear. Um, I, I don't know if I said his name right. Um, You know, he has six sacks, and that's the reason I wrote him down. He has six sacks, and he plays among, plays along that defensive line who, like you said, to your credit uh, off the air, isn't really a big defensive line, you know, but they've done a really good job getting after a quarterback, I think, in my opinion. What has your thoughts been on this defensive line, and what can you tell us about not only the defensive line but the offensive line?
2: Yeah, the the defensive
0: line, you know, and, 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 I, and
2: I feel like uh, they are, you know – probably a little smaller than some of the uh teams like the texas a&ms the lsus uh some of those you know you you go out on the field and you and you look and and you're like wow um even even tennessee uh and you can see the difference in size um and and they've they've come around they've they've you know had a slow start and you know i think that's just typical of um where this season's been I think a lot of a lot of the de- defenses uh, have uh, been slow to, to start and um, and it's usually just the opposite and you know usually your offense is a, um, a little slower start in, in a regular season It's always been kind of you know it takes a little while but uh, but this year the offenses have seemed to have the upper hand on the defense but um, they're coming around and, and last week was a um, once the offense Got some things going, uh, and and was able to, you know, keep some drives going and let these guys get off the field a little bit more. Uh, they stepped it up, and um, um, you know, and they they've been able to get after it. I, I agree with what Wyatt said. I think South Carolina does have some talent. Um, uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, the developing side of things um, and, and and some coaching, um, you know could could really somebody could come in and really turn things around. Um, it's hard to put the finger on where the fix needs to be. Um, but I, I think he, he may be uh right. And I think that um, you know, like I said, I think Muschamp did a lot of good things uh over the years that he was at South Carolina. I don't think it was a complete loss. Um and uh, so I'm I'm hoping the next guy can come in and really develop and and, and take uh, some of the kids that are there and, and really develop them. Um, but, uh, yeah, the defensive line, I, I, I think uh, maybe a good matchup. It seems like, um, for whatever reason, Georgia, South Carolina, um, seem to match up uh, well against each other if it's on the defensive side or the offensive side um, versus, you know, uh, against uh, uh, A&M or LSU. Sometimes our are size difference uh has um you know just created some matchup differences that um um they were they were able to to get the upper hand on um offensive side the ball um if we're able to get the passing game going um it kind of opens up our running game and I think that's where you see somebody uh like a Luke Doty that can run at the quarterback position versus a Colin Hill um We'll open some of those, and it and it helps it helps the offensive line to be able to to you know um, get things going um, when you can you know get into a groove and keep the chains moving and, and Doty offers that you know I think that's uh, um, a position that uh, especially in the SEC I think that uh, you have to have a quarterback that can tuck it and run and and, and keep the uh, you know keep the Keep the chains moving, and, and um, you know it's uh, you know when when you don't have that mobile threat, uh, teams can line up and stack the box and and really come after you. And that's what they've done with Colin Hill. Once once they figured, you know, the passing game wasn't working, um, they they really put the pressure on. And and somebody like a, a Luke Doty can can maybe keep the defense a little more honest. He's gonna have to. Produce, uh, you know, he's going to have to be able to throw it as well, and I think he, I think he can. Um, I think that comes with the experience, but, uh, but I didn't think he uh, was certainly, you know, out of sorts. I, I think he handled his playtime last week, and uh, and I'm excited to see what he can do this week. But uh, but those are the keys, you know. Harrison, you know, wins and losses, it, it's who controls the. The offense and, and defensive line, and if you can, you know, control that the line of scrimmage, uh,
1: you're gonna you're gonna see that good things happen. Um, yes, to your point of that with the defensive line, I I'm looking at stats as Harrison was putting in the notes. you defensive line in the front eight, a front six, is very deep. Um, Y'all have very good stats up there. And what the problem was last week was the Georgia offensive line. So. Sackline can find out a game plan to interrupt that rushing game and um, sack and give JT Daniels like not even flat footed and make him like you know unbalanced. You're you you can be looking at an upset this weekend because I'm seeing the. I know you lost your corners. I know I know that could be a problem, but looking at your stats, your linebacker is really really good with the most tackles and probably the SEC with 80 tackles in the SEC. That's a lot. I mean. In the front six, I think there's a problem in what Georgia what Mississippi State did last weekend. I think South Carolina's gonna do the same thing. And I think if you can have some momentum on offense and like keep Georgia off the field, why not? Why why not say you can't win this weekend, you know? And it's at night. I'm gonna keep saying it. It's at night. <laughs> right. this stadium, yeah. This stadium, um I was there in twenty fourteen when we lost by an inch. Um, that stadium rocked, man. Even with like not have a lot of fans, but that stadium feels rock. And when Georgia comes out, they're in front of that student section, and that student section is mean, man, mean. <laughs> so I'm not kidding; they are mean. So yeah. I just think I think if Georgia can get, you know, they're going to be focused. But like, man, I, I feel very good about this game. This is like one of my favorite games. As so like I pointed in the early notes before the program started. This one of my favorite games because second kind Carolina of brings their A game, and Georgia's—I don't know if they're going to bring their A game. I hope they do. We didn't last year, and it cost us. I know Georgia's going to do it, but I'm saying to you for momentum this weekend, and your line fans that are probably going to listen to this, don't don't be discouraged by the number nine team that y'all didn't do it last year. Look at like what Georgia struggles with, and take that away and see if you can win. You know?
2: Yeah. No, I I agree. I think, um, and, and you touched on uh, Daniel's. Uh, You know, his his long ball, uh, you know, he was able to connect on that. And and that's that's uh, one thing with uh, some of the the more experienced guys opting out kind of hurt us, uh, certainly against uh, Ole Miss. Um, Of course, they were there then. But uh, but, um, you know, if he if he can get hot and and connect, um, that's that's going to be a big them, but uh, we're excited. I, I agree with you. It's always a big game for us. Um, I think that w- what do we have to lose? You know, it's uh, this. This is the this is the highlight. This is our bowl game. Um, and and you're right. We're playing at home. It's it's hard to win on, on the road in the SEC. I don't care um, if it's Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, I- any of the teams. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, you know, you go on the road, you better be ready to play. Um, um, and, and we experienced that LSU. You know, everybody thought that this year LSU was, you know, they were struggling, and and they were, I think they had won one game, and and we uh, and we had just come off of a a big win against Auburn, and and uh, if there was ever an opportunity for us to to go to LSU and and uh, and build on the momentum that week was a big week, but uh, it was a night game at LSU, um, and uh, let me tell you, they, uh, you guys starting a new quarterback um, for whatever reason, uh, you know, we're always kind to uh, to welcome new new quarterbacks and new starters uh, by letting them have a a, heck, a hell of a game, and um, the LSU quarterback had a, a a great game. Of course, we made some mistakes and helped. But, um, but that game kind of got away from us. But it, anywhere any, anywhere uh, on the road in the SEC is a tough, tough place to, uh, to be and, 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 and come away with a victory. So um, i excited. I, I agree. This, this game has always been a big game since, you know, uh, being a South Carolina fan for, for many, many years, uh, dating back to uh, the early 80s. Um, I know Harrison and you guys have had – Uh, Some of those guys come on the the podcast, Buck Blue, and and some of those guys, uh, you know, I was watching last night the um, the Georgia uh, Notre Dame Sugar Bowl and uh, watching Herschel Walker. But just to think of another guy running back that was a beast for us, that was a Heisman winner, and George Rogers, and he was out of Duluth, Georgia. um, And that was a heck of a game. Uh, that we ended up coming up short uh, on that one, but um, but man, it's 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 a good week. We've had some big wins, um, um, and and it usually certainly uh, helps make our season. Of course, this year it's a little bit later in the season, and our season's at two and six. Uh, so, uh, but it's always good to finish strong. And uh, and I agree, Wyatt. I, I think it's a it's a good opportunity for us. But uh, you know. I expect the Bulldogs to be ready to play. Kirby Smart's done a, a great job, and, um, and he'll, he'll have them ready to play. So it, it won't be any easy, easy uh, game for us. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, I'm excited.
0: You know, we are approaching the one-hour mark. Uh, this will be the longest episode of the Talk Talk, Talk podcast, and I've purposely kept it going. Uh, we've had some really good conversations with the show and we're going to have two more things before we wrap it up. And if you have made it this far, please make sure to subscribe to the Top Talk Talk podcast, share it with your friends and make sure that we can get as many people listening to the show because I really enjoyed it today. You know, and, and also rate it five stars and leave a review and you may just be able to come on to the show in the future. So one of the things I want point to point out, we talked about Will Muschamp, we talked about Mike Bobo, we talked about his coaching search. Here's something I, I think Muschamp does really well is recruit, and you know maybe he's developed some talent. We've you know we've pointed out Kevin Harris, Ernest Johnson, both former three stars from the state of Georgia. He's developed them. His his staff has developed them. Now here's the thing: he went seven five at Florida in 2014, was fired that season, I think midseason, uh, and DJ Durkin replaced him. Uh, as the interim head coach, they went seven to five that year. Jim McElwain came in, went ten and four his first season. I think that's something where this next head coach can benefit from, is the talent that he's leaving behind. He he recruits pretty well. He's known as a you know a defensive mastermind. He does a really good job on defense. Hasn't really been able to put together an offense. So I think you know looking for an offensive head coach and finding a guy who's not only an offensive head coach but he's a talent evaluator and he's a developer and he can recruit and continue to, you know, strengthen the ties that Muschamp has formed uh, with some of these recruits in the state of Georgia. You know, South Carolina, wherever you all recruit, you have to make sure you keep those ties strong, especially locally in South Carolina, to make sure you can recruit your state and really lock down the borders. You know, Georgia just pit- went into uh, the borders of South Carolina and picked out a really, really good four-star defensive tackle. Uh, Tyron Ingram Dawkins, you know, one of the best ta- uh, defensive tackles in this dra- um uh, Not draft. Uh, recruiting class. I'm really excited to see him play. He's from Gaffney, South Carolina, one of the top programs in the state. You know, you got to continue to lock down the borders of South Carolina and really recruit well. So let's, let's, you know, that's my final point. You know, you got to get a talent evaluator. You got to get a good recruiter. You got to be able to find people, um, find those uh, diamonds in the rough, those three stars, those Kevin Harris, those Ernest Jones, you got to find those people and you got to bring them to South Carolina and you got to recruit and you develop them and you got to win games ultimately. So let's move on. Obviously, it is time for our hot takes and predictions. Wyatt, uh, do you want to go first this time? Do you have some at the ready, or should we let Mr. Lev go?
1: Special guest goes
0: first. All right. Special guest, you heard it here. You'll be going first. What do you got for us on hot takes and predictions?
2: Um, I'm going to bow out to the host here, and I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to save mine. All right. I'll, and I'll go
0: after you. I'll follow after you, Harrison. All right, that's fine. I, I, I'm gonna, am gonna, I'm gonna predict. I'm, I'm throwing a little prediction out here. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the the uh, the the consensus spread pick for ESPN. They say Georgia is a 21 and a half point favorite over South Carolina. Last week I said we were a 25 point favorite over Mississippi State. I said 10 to 14 points. I'm going to stick with that. I'm saying Georgia wins by 17 points. I don't think it's a blowout, but I think Georgia does dominate um, physically. Uh, I'm, I just don't think it's going to be 21 points. I don't think Georgia's really beaten up uh, for fourth quarters on the team, and I think that, you know, that doesn't change today. I, I'm going with the score. I, I say we're in the 40s somewhere. I say Georgia puts up, uh, gets, hits that 40-point mark. Um, so, I, you know, I, I say anywhere from 30 to you know, 20 points for South Carolina, but I think Georgia gets into the 40s. And then also looking outside of this Georgia game, you know, Florida plays Kentucky. Uh, you know, that's that's a tough game. And also, I forgot to mention Nick Saban tested positive today for the coronavirus. He has mild symptoms. Obviously, this has happened before, but he you know didn't show any symptoms and he was able to get negative tests four in a row to be able to coach against Georgia. He is out for the Auburn game as of right now. I say. I'm not going with an Auburn upset. I know many people want to. Bama's a 24 and a half point favorite. I say Bama wins a close one. I say they win by seven points against Auburn in the Iron Bowl, a really good game. And that's my, my look for, you know, prediction for Georgia and for an outside game. Mr. Lev, you are on the clock.
2: Okay, Harrison. Um, appreciate it. And, uh, I've enjoyed, uh, being on, on with you and Wyatt tonight. Um, you know, as a as a Gamecock, I can't I can't pick against my Gamecock. So um, I, I'm gonna go with uh, you know South Carolina pulling the upset. Um, and uh, after watching oh, this is the, work, it's interesting. After watching the uh, the uh, Notre Dame Georgia uh, Sugar Bowl last night, um, I think the uh, the final count for that was seventeen ten. Is that right?
0: Sounds about right. Do you remember that game? I I don't have the final score in memory as of right now, but that sounds about right. Okay, well that's that's my pick for this weekend.
2: I think it's going to be a um, a low scoring uh, ball game, and uh, and I'm going with South Carolina uh, 17, Georgia 10.
0: And I just checked it. That that is on the spot 17 10. For the Georgia Notre Dame game, uh, that that slipped in mind for a minute, but I, I knew that sounded about right. Seventeen ten. Do you have a prediction for outside of this game? Um, outside prediction.
2: Um, uh, I'm gonna let White go ahead and uh, make his predictions, and um, and uh, and I'll come back with my outside prediction.
0: Mr. White, you were on the clock.
1: All right, Uh, I'm going to let Kirk Street on this. Usually I bring a lot of positivity, as people know tonight, uh, about South Carolina. But, you know, at the last minute, Kirk always changes his mind at the last minute. So I'm changing my my mind um, on Georgia, and I believe – I don't do predictions, but I will say Georgia does win. And I think I'm going to do an outside prediction. I'll still win the SEC. Let's, I'm going to do two – let's do Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I think Ole Miss beats Mississippi State, 31-24. Alabama beats Auburn by 21, I believe. And I believe LSU beats Texas A&M for an upset.
0: Now that is a hot take right there. LSU over Texas A&M, obviously you Gator fans will love to hear that. You know, why? I'm going to come back to you real quick. What do you got on Kentucky-Florida this week? What do you say the score is or the the, the, the final outcome? Florida by
1: 30 or 40.
0: Woo! (laughs) That will be interesting, my friend. Mm -hmm. Mr. Lev, back on you.
1: Back on me. Um,
2: Well, as a a true South Carolina fan, uh, my next prediction is going to be, and I'm going to leave the uh, SEC – and and as 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 much as I want to stay on the conference, I, I'm gonna predict a uh, um, a big upset, um, Pittsburgh over the Clemson Tigers.
0: I I, I think you beat wide on the hot take meter there. Um, I I mean obviously I know South Carolina fans would like to see that. I know Florida would like to see that. Notre Dame would like to see that. You know, and,
2: sorry. And,
0: any loss for for Clemson at this point is is you know a season record for them. You heard it here first, folks. We got Clemson over. Uh, well, excuse me. We have Pittsburgh over Clemson. We will have to if they do. We will have Mr. Lev back on Sunday um, to discuss that game and the Georgia South Carolina game. Uh, we will see you next week for episode eighteen of Top Talk, Talk Talk Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I've been your host, Harrison Reno. That was Leverett Owens. That was Wyatt Felden. And yes, this was the 16th episode of the 17th, excuse me, of the episode of the Top Dog Talk podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you next Sunday for the post-game review of the Top Dog Talk podcast.